Welcome to Emotion Well, EFR's podcast about all things related to emotional wellness. I'm Johanna Dunlevy, the wellness manager for Employee and Family Resources, also known as EFR, and I'm the host of our podcast. As an FYI, EFR is located in Des Moines, Iowa, and we are Iowa's first employee assistance program and provide a variety of services you can learn more about at www.efr.org. I am here with Scarlett Lunning, a woman I have known for several years through my work at EFR, and I'm very excited, Scarlett, to have you on the podcast. So welcome. Thanks, Johanna. It's great to be here. Yes, great to see you in person, too. We've been doing a lot of our podcast recordings via Zoom, and so now we're getting back into more in-person recordings, so it's very exciting to have you across the table from me. It's fun. It feels so professional. I know. (laughs) It it does look pretty awesome. So. We are going to be talking about life as an inside-out experience, but before we dive into that, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, and I would love for you to share your uh, past experiences and current experiences with Employee and Family Resources. Uh, Well, Employee and Family Resources has a really special place in my heart. Uh, I was working at United Way, and the then director asked if I was interested in coming in directing the prevention. And at that point in time, there was a lot of gang violence going on in the community, and so it was my job to arrange for a huge community-wide violence uh, prevention workshop that happened downtown at the convention center. So that was really exciting. And so after that, I did some grant work and some training, and then... I left for about 15 years to work on mediation, get my finish my master's, and then um, came back as a contractor getting to do training and mediations here. So it's a treat. So if you're listening and you have EFR's benefits, it's possible that Scarlett has facilitated a training for you. You also do a lot of our monthly webinars. And so you're definitely a familiar face and voice for our EFR uh, team members and also the clients who have our benefits. So this is your first time doing our podcast. Is this your first time on any podcast? This is my first time on any podcast. Well, I'm so excited that you accepted the invitation. Uh, We, when we meet just casually as friends outside of work, I always find that we have really enriching conversations and I always feel like I leave just a little higher than I was when I sat down for breakfast. And I thought this could be a really cool conversation that we have together and that other people can listen to because life can be complicated, tricky uh, for many people, you know, uncertainty. Well, everyone has uncertainty in life, but for many people, there's maybe more uncertainty and our thoughts really drive a lot of our behaviors, right? But a lot of times people think that our behaviors are creating our thoughts. So I want to talk to you about life as an inside out experience and how life can happen for us and not to us. Yes. So where do you want to start? (laughs) Very, very favorite conversation. Well, uh, I learned about this and I think you hear it from all different people now. It's becoming much more uh, of a known entity, what the reality of how we are psychologically uh, than it than it used to be, but in 2006, I think it was that year, I was working with a program with the West Des Moines Police. It was a story. It is a restorative justice program that works with kids who've 
gotten in trouble with the law. And I drug the uh, director to a training that United Way and Iowa Health Systems were doing, and I would guess that some of the FR people got to go to, called Health Realization. And it was a three-day training, and that's because it takes a while to even process, hey, life is not really just coming at me. I'm really doing a lot to make life the way it is and that was weird to even think of that but probably we were getting to have have families that we were calling broken and in this training we learned that nobody is broken which being a mental health person was like well what about bipolar what about schizophrenia what what do you mean nobody's broken and the whole thing is based on that we all have this soul this spirit that is untouchable, that really can drive a lot of our experience in a positive way, but we let our ego thinking get in the way of that. And so it's sort of like we have these thoughts that are like, they can be like clouds. Mm -hmm. And so to recognize that right now we are sitting under a cloud, which is probably a low mood, and we better not believe the thinking we're having right now because that's what's creating this yeah. cloud. And so many of us do believe our thinking. Oh my gosh. And I can fall back into believing my thinking. Yeah. it's And I feel like it's a constant work in progress for someone who has gotten to a point where they understand this and are working towards you know, not constantly coming up with these thoughts that are then driving you know, their reality. Um, so for someone who's kind of never heard of this concept or who's never really experienced what we're about to talk about, can you provide a very basic example of how someone's thoughts can create their reality? I think I'll share something that might be sort of an old metaphor, uh, but what it was what was helpful for the kids that I used to work with in the past and for some adults. Because the words of this understanding of the three principles are mind, thought, and consciousness. But it's really behind the words and they all work together. Mm -hmm. But what we used to say is that mind is like the outlet, the power that drives us. And so you plug that in and then you've got the, the VCR, which you put a disc in there, if anybody remembers a disc, and, and since I'm here with two younger people, you might oh, have a better... I had a VCR growing up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So other than yes. that, the people <laughs> who are really young, they at least have a sense as to what that was. So the disc... Be kind, please rewind. I remember it. Ah. Do you remember those stickers on the VHS? It would no. say, be kind, please rewind, because the last thing you wanted was to get a VHS that wasn't rewound. Oh, wow. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, I just had to add that's, that. That yes. is really nice. I like it. Kindness to machines. Right? <laughs> so exactly. the outlet is the mind. The mind. And then you've got, it drives the, uh, VCR, the VCR, right? And then the discs, or as you say, the tapes that you put in, uh -huh. those are the thoughts. Okay. And then what comes up on the screen is your consciousness, oh, your I feelings. Oh, I like this. Yeah. Right. I've never heard you describe it that way before. Well, people have sort of stopped that because it is sort of intertwined and people get focused on the words instead of the recognition mm -hmm. that we're always feeling our thoughts, which is a, like an easier way to say that. But then we created these personalities just 
through our thinking of, you know, watching what mom and dad were doing and sister and brother or or our teachers and how we how could we be safe, how could we be loved? And so we develop those personalities and sometimes, you know, like I think of a friend of mine who was really horribly um, sexually abused by her father, she decided to go the opposite way and create a lot of thoughts that were, you don't love me, and so I'm just going to act out and do whatever mm -hmm. I can because I'm just out here by myself in right. the world. Right. So the mind, consciousness, and thought, I was doing a little homework before you sat down with me today. And just for our listeners, uh, according to, and I think is a Sydney Banks who maybe would have defined these, mind yes. is universal intelligence behind life, which is the source of all. Consciousness is awareness of life unfolding. And thought is our ability to create through thinking. Mm -hmm. So um, as it relates to... Sidney Banks, tell us a little bit about him. And I know you reference his work a lot when we do webinars and you've guest blogged for us on, on the EFR website. And I feel like you're always introducing something from Sidney Banks. So tell us a little bit about right. Sidney Banks. So Sidney Banks was the one who identified this understanding that you will see, and he would say, you would find it someplace in all the religions. All the major religions have something about this, but it just gets covered up with a lot of dogma. So he was uh, a welder with a ninth grade education from Scotland, which I have heard is a little bit higher than a ninth grade education here in the States. But anyway, he was a worker who thought that he was really insecure because of his childhood in Scotland where he'd been in foster care. And so he went to this seminar that a lot of people said, oh, this guru is going to come and he's going to tell you how your relationship can, with your wife can be better. And he and his wife are doing pretty well, but they thought, well, we'd like it to be better. Sometimes we have conflicts, etc. So they went to this and the guy was saying, oh, when you're really angry, you just yell at that person and tell them all what you're angry about. And he and his wife looked at each other and they thought, oh, this doesn't make much sense to me. So they left, and they were talking to this, they had coffee with this psychologist, and Sid was saying how insecure he was. And the next day he ran into the psychologist, who said, unbeknownst to how wise what he said was, he said to Sid, he said, you know, I've been thinking about this. You know, I don't really think you're insecure, Sid. I think it's just your thinking. And that threw Sid into, uh, you know, a situation where he was really paying attention to people's thinking and he was listening to his wife and mother-in-law uh, arguing about something in the kitchen and he was just sort of smiling about it because he, he could see you know how their thinking was causing them to be against one another and so he did he was laughing out loud and they came out of the kitchen and they said what are you laughing about and he turned around he was on salt spring island and he looked out at the ocean and all of a sudden he had he said it probably wasn't even a minute long experience but it was just like a huge light opened up and he turned back around to them he had a different voice and he said you know i've just learned the meaning of life and he was changed and they sort of looked at him like what he said I'm going to travel around and I'm going to be in all sorts of places and I'm going to change psychology so anyway he went back to work at the at the 
place where he was the welding, I think it was a mill, and everybody saw how different he was because they didn't even recognize him. They said, you know, what are you doing getting into Scotty's locker? And oh, wow. it was just really yeah. an unusual shift, so much so that the boss of the welding place would call him in and ask him to do things. And so about six months after that, he just had this thought, I need to leave, and he left. And somehow a, a small number of people started coming to his house and learning about the three principles, and their relationships started to change, and their lives started to change. And so then people like professionals from California, this was up in British Columbia, Canada, started to come and learn more. And when I first learned about it, there were, you know, a lot of people in America and some people in England, and now it's all over the world. And so for our listeners, the three principles are, just to recap. Mind, thought, and consciousness. Right. Um, the example you gave with regard to Sydney was he was feeling insecure. I think you might have said he yes. was feeling insecure, and therefore he was insecure, right? Is that kind of how? Exactly. So can we use that as an example? So <clears throat> if someone feels a certain way, let's say they feel insecure, then will they project that and they will kind of, that will come out in their interactions and their actions with people. Right. So would that be considered an outside-in mentality? No. Well, if they are basing their things on what on external things. So yes. So an outside-in paradigm is how most people probably approach life, you think? Well, and and we all run into it. Yes. Like if you start to watch television and you start to feel bad about what's going on there, then you're letting the outside world impact your feelings and the energy that you're projecting. So along those lines, I'm just curious with social media and so many people now have access to view the most intimate details of someone's life, right? So it could be a stranger or, you know, a close friend. But I'm just thinking back when I first became a mom six years ago, I was on Facebook and Instagram at the time. And I didn't post a lot, but I posted free, you know, and often. But I would check it, and I was starting to feel really kind of just maybe insecure would be the right word, but also I just was thinking, gosh, everyone has a really good relationship, and everyone's you know child is hitting these milestones, and just feeling like I wasn't enough, or my relationship wasn't enough, or as a mother I wasn't enough. And I just wonder <laughs> if our constant interaction, engagement, exposure, whatever you want to say, to social media has a you know maybe we don't know yet but maybe a detrimental uh, effect on how we view ourselves and that outside in life experience that I totally agree with you and I think that even before social media and continuing on anytime we're comparing ourselves with somebody else and we're coming up short is we're not really honoring our true self and we're taking putting that that mood, like I said, don't don't believe your thoughts when you're in a low mood. It's it's getting you in that spot, and you're getting yourself in that spot sure. just by your thoughts about not being enough. And as I say, it's because we're so used to doing that because we were taught that's how we, you know. Well, what would people say if you did that? Yeah, we. It's it's a challenge to remember sometimes. Sure. So now let's shift to being able to recognize that you're having these feelings, right? 
what are some steps someone can take to maybe adopting the three principles or just kind of having that more life is an inside out experience? I'm glad you asked the question that way. Oftentimes people get confused and think that three principles um, is always good. The three principles is how we create our lives. Okay. So we can be creating them with the three principles. We can be creating a really rotten life or we can be creating a lovely, peaceful life. Okay. So I think that because I know when I first thought it, I went home, it's only a thought, it's only a thought, it's only a thought, and I was dancing around the house. <laughs> <laughs> because my laundry is only a thought. <laughs> and then I realized, hmm, but, you know, I sorry, I fell back into the outside stuff getting to me, and I recognized that um, that I wasn't all the way there, let's put yeah. it that way. I wasn't all the way there with always recognizing what, because like, there would be a flood in my basement. However, it was helpful with that, because the first time there was a flood in my basement, I got hives because it bothered me so much. Yeah. I had so much negative thinking about, oh, there, now there's going to be mold, da-da-da-da. Right. Because that's what we do with those negative Have you feelings. had more than one flood in your basement? I have. Okay. So, the, so then, so <laughs> the, then first the, the first time you reacted, time. you even had a physical manifestation. You got it. Of, you got of it. the anxiety and I the did. worry that you had around it. And the it. second time I thought, oh, there's water, we'll figure something out. You know, yeah. I didn't let it get to me like that. And there is um, a psychiatrist who is coming to Des Moines in the summer who was, who Im this impacted his life so much that he was really able to help a lot of clients with PTSD, okay. with all sorts of things. He's coming to Des Moines for about three to four days. Is he summer. speaking or and is Yeah, okay. he's holding a seminar. All right. Well, we'll look, I'll get that information from you and we'll include it in the show notes so oh, that okay. people That's can super. look into pursuing right. that. He was interested. a psychiatrist who was depressed till he was in his forties yeah. and really grouchy. His wife separated from his wife. And when he learned this, he totally shifted because he realized the outside world was what he was letting trigger him. Yeah. yeah. So, so you mentioned that, you know, at first you were like, oh, these are just thoughts. These are just thoughts. I'm going to dismiss them. They're just thoughts. And then you realize that, okay, there's a little more to this. I have to put <laughs> a little more work into this. Uh, do you feel, I mean, I would imagine that like a lot of things in life, it's a work in progress. And some days you're going to have more ease with your thoughts and other days it's, it's not going to be that way. I mean, that's been my experience. But yes. um, what would you recommend someone do you know, in terms of setting expectations for themselves. Like, I don't, maybe this is not even an appropriate thing to do, you know, having expectations for yourself. But um, I'm just going to give an example. Coming from a health and wellness background, I've done a lot of health coaching, uh, you know, helping people find fitness routines that they're, you know, going to adopt and have success with. So, you know, I would never recommend that someone runs a marathon on day one. Right, they're going to have to train for that. They're going to prepare for that. They're going to take, you know, small steps to maybe reach that ultimate goal. So, if someone is wanting to change their pattern of thought and how they view themselves in the world, what would be some small steps that they could take, and how could you help them understand that it's just not all going to happen at once? It's not like you read the book and then the next day, I'm there, right? 
Well, you know, Sid would say don't put any boundaries around how that might go. Okay. Because it could just be one thought. Yeah. That could really shift you all of a sudden. And um, just the fact that you're going to those, those people who uh, learned from him on the island, it wasn't that long till a relationship that was really conflictual, a husband-wife, became just so much easier. Right. And so um, I'm, I'm not saying that it worked for me that way, but to know that you can just pay attention to how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. In fact, Sid would say, just enjoy that good feeling. And if I know that I'm not in that good feeling, sometimes just looking at the sky can pop it out. So distracting ourselves, sometimes getting quiet. As a friend of mine said, she said, I know I need to take a nap, you know. So whatever it Paying is. Paying attention, right. having that self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like a lot of people are detached from their emotions and they can't recognize when they're even in these kind I, of patterns? I and, do think that that's true. Yeah. I do think that's true. So then you can sort of look at what is... What am I creating? Mm -hmm. Like I'm working with a young man right now who uh, does have a sense that he is not connected to his emotions. Mm -hmm. So just having him start to really pay attention to his kids and maybe look for what might be going on for him feeling wise. Yeah. Because he does know how to feel anger, you know, so helping him get underneath that to the fear that, because it's my belief that every time you're angry, there's some kind of fear. Yeah, most definitely. And I also think that if someone notices that they're only connecting with maybe one or two emotions, right, right, then that's that's a light bulb where you go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really only feeling anger and fear, but I know that there are other emotions that exist and I'm probably feeling them, but I'm just not noticing it or I'm choosing not to feel them maybe. It's really unusual for somebody to not have, you know, what it, what something fun feels like, you know, yeah. joy or as long as it's not, because my guess is that even little ones who've had rough times had some time when they were little yeah. that they felt happy, maybe when a dog licked their face or yeah. something like that. Yes, yes. What, um, what do you have book recommendations if people want to do some self-discovery with this? I know we read one as a team right before the pandemic, and I think it was by Mara Gleason. Yes, very good. But I don't remember the name of the book. One Just Thought. Thought. One Thought by Mara Gleason. Right. And we can link that in the show notes as well. But any other recommendations There's for There's one, Coming Home, by Natasha Swerdloff and Dickon Bettinger. That's excellent. And then all of Sid's books are, are really helpful. That's what Dr. Pettit gives to all of his clients. Uh, my favorite is Missing Link. Okay. Uh, but there are story ones that I can give you. Enlightened Gardener. Yeah. Um, revisited Enlightened Gardener. One yeah. Chance. And we can link these in the show notes for people to okay. follow up with. Cool. Uh, any recommendations for 
other supports, you know, counseling, um, support group. I'm just wondering, sure. um, when I've made big changes in my life, it hasn't been just because I saw a counselor or just because I went to Alan on It was a combination of all these different sure. things. So what totally would some other sense. supportive measures be? The Three Principles Global Community okay. has tons of resources, and it's a free resource. So it's 3PGC. Dot org. All right. Three and the PCG is lowercase. All right. Sounds good. And well, then you find different people, the authors of those books. You can find videos of Sid, you know, all sorts of. Now there's just a plethora of, yeah. of information about the three principles out on the web. Very good. Well, it was so nice having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for letting me share about my favorite topic. Yes, absolutely. And if you're listening and you know you have our EAP benefit, don't forget to explore your benefit options at EFR.org. We have a monthly podcast, a monthly blog, a monthly webinar, all sorts of great resources uh, for you to tap into kind of on your own time and at your own pace. And then we also have the counseling services, life coaching, and more. So check it out at EFR.org and make it a good day. Thanks for listening to Emotion Well. Please subscribe to us and don't forget to rate us. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Emotion Well is hosted by Johanna Dunlevy and produced by Emily Wancombe.